chapter eighteen of the forbidden way by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva combat it had been a time of terrific struggles for four months ray's enemies had used every device that ingenuity could devise to harass him in the building of his new road the sawatch short line had attacked the legality of every move in the courts hampered and delayed when they could the movement of his material bribed his engineers and employees offered his mexicans double wages elsewhere found an imaginary flaw in his title to the hermosa estate which for a time prevented the shipment of ties until larry came on and cleared the matter up finally they caused a strike at the pueblo steelworks where his rails were made so that before the completion of the contract the works were shut down tooth and nail jeff fought them at every point and pete mulrennan's judge at kinney whose election had taken place before the other crowd had made definite plans had been an important asset in the fight for supremacy the other crowd had appealed from his decisions of course but the law so far had been on ray's side and there was little chance that the decisions would be overruled in the higher court but as jeff well knew the amalgamated crowd had no intention of standing on ceremony and what they couldn't do in one way they attempted to accomplish in another five carloads of ties on the denver and sawatch railroad were ditched in an arroyo between mesa city and sawatch ray's engineers reported that the trestles had been tampered with jeff satisfied himself that this was true then doubled his train crews supplied the men with winchesters and revolvers and put a deputy sheriff in the cab of each locomotive after that an explosion of dynamite destroyed a number of his flat cars and a fire in the shops was narrowly averted a man caught at the switches had been shot and was now in the hospital at kinney with the prospect of a jail sentence before him judge weigel was a big gun in kinney and he liked to make a big noise he would keep the law in sawatch county he said if he had to call on the governor to help him more difficult to combat were the dissensions jeff found among his own employees the german engineers like other men were fallible and left him when the road was half done because they were offered higher salaries elsewhere his under engineers his contractors his foremen were all subject to the same influences but he managed somehow to keep the work moving new men some of them just out of college were imported from the east and middle west and the development company was turned into an employment agency to keep the ranks of workmen filled mexicans went and mexicans came but the building of the road went steadily on 
there were no important engineering problems to solve since the greater part of the line passed over the plains where the fills and cuts were small and the grading inexpensive seven months had passed since ground had been broken and the road in spite of obstacles had been nearly carried to completion already ray had had a taste of isolation for two months there had been but one passenger train a day between kinney and sawatch to all intents and purposes kinney was now the western terminus of the road and sawatch was beginning to feel the pinch of the grindstones notwithstanding the findings of the railroad commission judge weigel's decision and jeff's representations through his own friends at washington the denver and western refused to put on more trains sawatch they contended was not the real terminus of the road that the line had been extended from kinney some years before to tap a coal field which had not proved successful that sawatch was not a growing community and that the old stage line still in operation between the two towns would be adequate for every purpose these were lies of course vicious lies for every one knew that since the development of the mesa city properties sawatch had trebled in size and that the freight business alone in ten years would have provided for the entire bonded indebtedness of the road what might happen in time jeff did not know or care it was a matter which must be fought out at length and might take years to settle the chicago and utah railroad company for the present had command of the situation to handle the business jeff had put on a dozen four-mule teams between kinney and sawatch which carried his freight and necessary supplies along the old trail over the boca pass which was shorter by ten miles than the railroad a heart-breaking haul and a dangerous one to man and beast but it was the only thing left for him to do realizing the futility of any efforts at coercion jeff had relinquished the losing battle and had put his heart and soul into the building of the sawatch short line he knew every stick and stone of it and rode along the line from camp to camp lending some of his own enthusiasm to the foremen of the gangs pitting one crowd against the other in friendly rivalry for substantial bonuses at last the connecting links were forged and only a matter of twenty miles of track remained to be laid when the pueblo steelworks shut down this was a severe blow one on which jeff had not counted the penalties for non-delivery to which the steel company were liable were heavy but jeff did not want the penalties compared with his own magnificent financial prospects the penalties were only a drop in the bucket he wanted his road his entire future depended upon its completion the smelter the development company and all his chain of mining coal and lumber properties without that road he was now at the mercy of his enemies twenty miles of rails 
they seemed very little in the face of what he had already accomplished he had not counted on this and had laid no alternative plans the denver and california people were powerless to help him a subtle influence was at work among the steel companies and so far as jeff could see it would take him from three to five months to get his rails from the west or east in the meanwhile what might his enemies not accomplish in bringing about his downfall what would become of his pledges to the settlers on the hermosa estate and the lot holders of sawatch many of whose houses were only half built while they waited for the material to complete them these people were already impatient and in a short while unless something could be done to open connections the storm must break some days before by request jeff had met cortland bent in denver he was glad to learn that at last the amalgamated had decided to come out into the open and kept the appointment wondering why the general had chosen cortland as his emissary he had entered the offices of the chicago and utah with his usual air of self-confidence frankly curious as to what part court could be expected to play in such a game it did not take him long to learn they had not been talking more than a few moments before jeff discovered that general bent had made no mistake the bored abstracted air of the gilded youth the mannerisms which jeff had been accustomed to associate with cortland bent were for some reason lacking in the short time since they had last met a change of some sort had come over his old acquaintance he conveyed an impression of spareness and maturity as though in a night he had melted off all superfluities of flesh and spirit his eyes now seemed to be more deeply set their gaze formerly rather deliberate now penetrating almost to a degree of shrewdness he was no longer the boy who had been a failure he was now the man who had tasted the bitterness of success i thought we might make one more effort for peace ray that's why i'm here i'm fully informed as to the affairs of the amalgamated reduction company and as to my father's previous conversations with you i'm authorized to talk over your interests in the valley we thought before carrying out all our plans you might like to have a chance to reconsider that's pretty clever of you bent i'm ready to talk business any time fire away i will by this time you have probably formed some sort of an idea of the kind of a proposition you are up against i'm not making any pretense of friendship when i warn you that you're going to lose out in the end my instructions are to ask you to come in with us now later perhaps you couldn't do it so advantageously hm i'm figuring my chances are getting better every minute bent he paused then added smiling how would your crowd like to come in with me i've got a good thing 
a very good thing and i wouldn't mind selling a small block at a good figure it seems a pity to cut each other's throats don't it they'll be building houses of gold bricks out here next year and you and i will pay the bill while we might be putting a snug profit into our pockets bent remembered another bluff of ray's which had been expensive so he only laughed you once froze me out with a pair of deuces ray but i'm holding cards this hand he finished quietly i haven't such a bad hand bent drawled jeff shaking some durham into a paper even fours wouldn't scare me he put the drawing string of his tobacco bag in his teeth and closed the bag viciously see here we're wasting time what are your offers if they're not better than your father's were it's not worth while talking better than my father's cortland couldn't restrain a gasp of admiration why ray your property isn't worth what it was why not savagely well for one thing said cortland coolly your railroad connections are not what they might be i might add to that there's no assurance they're going to be improved not unless i give it to you trains are scheduled to run on the Sawatch short line on the twenty-fifth of may they're not going to run ray jeff turned on him quickly but cortland's eyes met his eagerly that's true he added believe it or not as you choose jeff's sharp glance blurred quickly then he smiled and looked out of the window with his childish stare oh well he said quietly we'll do the best we can you'd better take my advice and come in with us now we'll meet you in a fair spirit why asked jeff suddenly why should you meet me in any kind of spirit you've got things all your own way at the upper end of the valley now you say you've coppered my outlet at pueblo yes that's true but there are other reasons why we prefer to go no farther without an effort to come to terms we're frank in admitting that when we can accomplish anything by compromise we prefer to do it this fight has been expensive it promises to be more expensive but no matter what your reasons ours are greater and no matter what move you make the amalgamated can check you the amalgamated will win in the end it always has it always will you've only to look at its history oh i know its history said ray it's a history of organized crime in three states you've had a succession of easy marks of sure things i'm another one you've got a sure thing why don't you go ahead and play it why do you want to talk about it i wouldn't in your place i'd clean you out and hang your bones up the way you did conrad seemuller's for the crows to roost on ray leaned forward and brought his fist down on the table i know what your fair spirit means court bent it means that your sure thing is a selling plater that you've played your best cards and the tricks are still in my hand 
cortland bent shoulders moved almost imperceptibly you're mistaken he said shortly well you'll have to prove it i lived for some years in missouri then you won't consider any basis for settlement there's nothing to settle you started this fight now finish it either your father wins or i do he wouldn't consider my figures in new york he'd be less likely to consider them now they've gone up since then cortland rose and walked to the window i warn you that you're making a mistake this is neither a bluff nor a threat i mean what i say you're going to lose you've been hampered by lack of railroad facilities how do you like it your own mines have kept your plant busy but you can't buy any ore and you can't compete with us you'll never be able to i'll take my chances then this is final yes and as cortland bent rose and took up his hat you go back to those that sent you here and say that on the twenty-fifth of may the sawatch smelting company will be in the market for ore i've never competed with your company i've always been content to take my profit at the current prices but if it's necessary to be a hog to remain in this business i'll be the biggest hog now or get out of it you tell your people that in the future i'll regulate my schedule to theirs and whatever the prices of the amalgamated are my prices will be better is that clear perfectly i'm much obliged good morning the interview had terminated rather suddenly almost too suddenly to be entirely satisfactory to jeff who had at first seen in a talk with cortland bent an opportunity to learn by inductive methods something of the future plans of his enemies he realized as he watched bent's squared shoulders disappear through the door of an inner office that in this respect he had been entirely unsuccessful bent had revealed nothing that jeff did not know before jeff had a feeling too that bent had retired with a slight advantage even though it had been moral rather than tactical throughout the interview bent had preserved the same demeanor of quiet confidence of repression and solidity which in spite of his advances had more than offset jeff's violence and distemper what had come over the man had he found himself at last in his heart jeff had always had a feeling of good-humored contempt for the men of cortland bent's class and the fact that camilla preferred this one to him had made him less tolerant of them even than before he was unwilling to acknowledge to himself the slight sense of shock he had experienced in discovering that court bent was now a foeman worthy of his own medal their trails were crossing too often it wasn't healthy for either of them he understood now why it was that camilla had written him vaguely of an urgent matter about which she could not write requesting permission to come west at once he had put it down to the whim of a woman as he did everything feminine he could not understand 
it was all clear to him now she wanted to be near cortland bent and feared to take any definite step which might compromise her in the eyes of her husband he had had some misgivings about her letters they had seemed so frank so womanly and friendly with a touch of regretful tenderness in them that was unlike anything jeff could remember when they had been together but he was glad now that he had refused her seeing bent had brought back into jeff's mind the whole sad history of their mistaken marriage there wasn't a day when he didn't miss her and his business worries were never so thick about him that her image didn't intrude frequently he found himself thinking and planning as he used to plan for camilla only to remember bitterly in time that the battle he was fighting was only for himself and now the man she loved had come down to help the legions of autocracy against him he was glad of that it would nerve him for the struggle he could fight better with court bent on the other side with an effort he put the thought of camilla from his mind and went about his other business with a new determination to circumvent his foes he always fought better when his back was to the wall and his conversation with bent had confirmed the necessity of completing the short line at any cost the drains upon his resources had been enormous three million dollars had already been spent and there was another million still to be provided for his expenses had been greater because of the unusual impediments thrown in his way the mine was paying big and the railroad and the banks were still backing him but he knew that there was a limit to the amounts he must expect from these quarters he had tried to buy rails in the open market and found that his enemies had forestalled him the mills agreed to take his orders but during the press of business refused to name a definite date for delivery general bent whose friendship was necessary to the steel interests east and west had seen to that but if the amalgamated thought that the lack of rails was going to stop the construction of the short line they were going to have another guess already an alternative plan had suggested itself to ray a desperate unheard-of plan which he could never have thought of except as a last resort but the more he thought of it the more convinced he was that it was the only solution of his problem he would tear up the rails of the old narrow gauge which ran from mesa city up to the old coal field at trap they were light rails old and rusty from disuse but they were rails and by the use of more ties and blueboards for the time would serve his purpose with the sidings and a reserve supply of the d and s at sawatch he managed to figure out enough to finish the short line 
he knew his engineers wouldn't approve they couldn't approve he knew on any grounds but those of expediency for such construction was dangerous and would make the accomplishment of any kind of a fast schedule impossible but they would give him his connection without which all of his plans must fall to earth by october or perhaps by late summer he would manage to get standard rail somewhere it would be easier once the road was in operation he couldn't help smiling when he went into the office of the denver and california if this was the last card bent's crowd could play it was on the tallies that they were to lose the game his plans met with the approval of his friends and jeff went back to mesa city with a lighter heart than when he had left it a hurried conference with his engineers and directors which exhausted some of jeff's strength and most of his patience and the old road was doomed to destruction nor was jeff satisfied until three dilapidated flat cars loaded with mexicans and tools were started over the line to the coal fields then he turned with a sigh under the watch us grow sign and went into his private office where an accumulation of mining business awaited him but his sense of triumph was short-lived the week had not ended before advices of a disquieting nature reached him from denver and pueblo of a considerable activity in the stock of the denver and california this information in itself was not surprising for during the past year the rate war and the unsettled conditions of the country had made the stock of the road particularly vulnerable to manipulation but back of this movement simmons the general manager of the road one of ray's staunchest supporters thought he detected powerful influences rumors of a more startling character had transpired signifying the transfer of large blocks of the stock to eastern investors which seriously threatened the control of those in power other men men of the directorate jeff discovered also showed signs of apprehension a reorganization of the road might mean anything to jeff it meant ruin if the new stockholders were in any way identified with the chicago and utah was this bent's crowd for the first time ray really appreciated the lengths to which his enemies were prepared to go to accomplish his downfall he knew that they had already spent large sums and had used all their influence in completing their control of the denver and western but a control of the denver and california it was simply incredible letters from the banks were still more disquieting conditions they wrote were so unsatisfactory throughout the west that their boards of directors had thought it advisable to call their loans on the stock of the denver and sawatch railroad company the uncertainty of the development of the sawatch company's properties 
owing to the imperfection of their railroad connections made this course necessary until they secured definite and satisfactory assurances as to the completion of the Sawatch short line and the value of its contracts with the denver and california railroad company the receipt of these letters in the same mail was a coincidence which showed jeff that in spite of all assurances to the contrary his friends were weakening under fire and that the enemy had invaded his own country they meant in short that unless he could meet the loans at once eight hundred thousand dollars on stock really worth two millions and a half those securities would fall into the hands of the amalgamated people eight hundred thousand dollars it seemed a prodigious sum of money now the lone tree would bring that in the open market of course but he and pete could not sell the lone tree it was the backbone of his entire financial position really alarmed at the sudden disastrous turn the company's affairs had taken he called a meeting of mulrennan larry berkeley weigel willoughby and other available directors and then hurried to denver to see his friends in the d and c other disappointments awaited him there simmons and shackleton the vice-president advised him for the sake of his head as well perhaps as for their own to compromise with his enemies if he could until more light was shed as to the new ownership of the d n c they could make him no further promises of assistance either moral or financial he argued with them pleaded with them at least for some pledge on the part of the road with which he could reassure the banks they were powerless they said their contracts of course would be a basis for a suit even under a new management they could or would do nothing more a suit jeff knew what that meant interminable legal proceedings while the ties of the sawatch short line rotted under the rails and washouts in the summer tore the roadbed to pieces it meant the shutting down of his coal mines the abandonment of his lumber camps the complete isolation of his mines and smelter which if they did business at all must do it under all kinds of disadvantages there was only one thing left to do and that was to finish the short line and put it into operation then perhaps the courts would uphold him and force the d and c to live up to its contracts no matter who was in control but how was he to redeem the eight hundred thousand in stock he had enough available capital to finish the short line but not enough to redeem the stock too he got on the denver and western sleeper for kinney that night sore in mind and body he was too tired even to think larry and pete must help him now perhaps there was some way he fell into a troubled sleep and about his ears 
cornelius bent's railroad mocked at him in noisy triumph the arrival of the morning train from sawatch was an event in mesa city there were but two trains a day and it was the morning train which brought the mail and yesterday's newspapers from denver for obvious reasons the passenger traffic was small and as almost every member of the sawatch community was personally known to almost every citizen of mesa city the greetings as a rule were short and laconic consisting of a rustic nod or the mere mention of a surname most of the travellers were men and descended from the combination baggage smoker but this morning bill wilkinson the conductor and brakeman a person by nature taciturn appeared upon the platform of the rear coach bearing a lady's english travelling bag and winked actually winked at ike matthews the station-master who was waiting for his envelope from headquarters at least eight people saw that wink and fully eighteen the handbag and when a pretty lady in a dove gray travelling suit appeared in the car doorway to be helped down ceremoniously to the station platform thirty-six eyes were agog and thirty-six ears were open to learn the meaning of the unusual occurrence for it was plainly to be seen that the visitor bore every mark of consequence and came from the east surely from denver possibly from chicago they saw her smile her thanks to wilkinson but when she looked rather helplessly about her and asked for a coupe or station wagon a snigger immediately suppressed arose from the younger persons in the audience the firm hand of ike matthews now took control of the situation do you want the hotel ma'am he said yes i think so said the lady but first i want to find mr jeff ray can you tell me where i can see him her eyes searched the cottonwood trees along the creek opposite the station as though she hoped to find him there searching in the wrong direction for the town which had been described to her yes ma'am if you'll come with me ike took up the bag and led the way around the corner of the building into main street while the engineer and fireman hung out of their cab and with the crowd on the platform followed the slim figure with their eyes until it vanished into the crowd at the post office a clerk in the outer room of the development company's office building received the queer pair mr ray is in ma'am but he's very busy he looked at her timidly i don't know whether he'll see you or not who shall i say the lady handed him a card and as he disappeared she fingered in her pocket-book for change then after a glance at the station-master smiled at him instead i'm much obliged to you she said gratefully i think i'll stay here now i'll find my way to the hotel 
matthews put the bag on a desk awkwardly removed his hat and departed while the lady sat and waited in the inner office his head in his hands his elbow on his desk his brows bent over some papers set jeff trying to bring cosmos out of the chaos of his affairs his clerk entered the card in his hand wondering whether he had made a mistake hell had been let loose in the development company for a week and mr ray he knew was in no humor for interruptions jeff looked up with a frown well what is it a lady to see you jeff's head sank into his papers again tell her i'm busy then he looked up irritably what lady who is she i can't see anybody to-day i don't know she doesn't belong around here and he dropped the card on the desk jeff picked it up and looked at it with a scowl then started in amazement what did it mean he rose slowly his brows perplexed and put on his coat tell her to come in he said he was standing in the middle of the room looking at her card when mrs chain entered End of chapter eighteen